Welcome to the Into AI Safety podcast, where we document my shift to a career in AI safety. This show aims to serve as a mentorship proxy for those getting into the field, and a mentorship amplifier for our guests and myself. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Haynes. get into the content of this episode, I wanted to first throw out a disclaimer of my uncertainty on this content. I, for the large part, have not had extensive time to hone these processes or methods, and I am constantly adjusting my workflows. Having said that, I think that the issue I am going to cover, staying up to date on all of the developments in AI, is a critical question for researchers who are just starting out so I want to publish a resource early on in this podcast. I can always edit this episode later, asking listeners to go to a different, more up-to-date audio log of my perspectives if things change, and recording my thoughts on the problem now will be good for documentation. One of the things that I find particularly difficult within any AI domain is the speed at which new resources, tools, and research are being generated. At this point, it is difficult to keep the names of the companies creating near-frontier models in my head, let alone the differences between their missions, purpose, models, and research. On top of that, many think tanks, nonprofits, academic organizations, and universities are putting incredibly valuable research forward, and governments have begun to weigh in with conjecture from policymakers, hearings, summits, and even regulatory frameworks. To obfuscate things more, some researchers post to the AI Alignment Forum and or less wrong without creating a formal paper, while others solely release papers on Archive or Open Review, and the Frontier companies sometimes just make posts to their own website. So how can I keep track of everything? How can you keep track of everything? I am going to first present some high-level strategies that I actively use or have used in the past, followed by a list of tools and platforms that I use and ending with some different types of sources. As usual, I will make sure to mention why I believe these items are advantageous, not just what they are. When you notice that someone routinely presents valuable resources, ask them how they stay informed. This strategy is by far the most important, since then you can pick and choose your favorite options, resulting in a tailored system that works especially well for you. I would say that a majority of my favorite and most valuable sources have come from recommendations after asking others exactly this question, not from finding sources independently. After an initial period of taking in content from all sorts of subdomains, raising the bar for criteria that you engage heavily with can be incredibly valuable. Although I find mechanistic interpretability incredibly interesting, for example, since it is not the area I am wanting to focus on, it would be beneficial to start decreasing the number of mech interp papers I work with by being more selective in which I read beyond the abstract. The same even applies to more general frontier model papers, a good heuristic being that if concretely tying a paper to evaluations takes more than two significant causal leaps, I probably shouldn't read beyond the abstract unless I am really interested in the research and methods, or highly respect the author. This, of course, is much easier said than done, since I am really interested in a lot of the research, and I have great respect for many of the AI researchers. Even so, just stating this goal and acknowledging how difficult it will be to achieve should help steer me in the right direction. 
This strategy is helpful because efficiency is so important, and by reducing time that you spend engaging with content outside of your domain of interest, you are increasing time you can spend on content within your domain of interest. Set aside time for reading papers. This can even be during your workday, because although it may not seem like work at first since you aren't creating anything, staying up to date is an incredibly important part of any research field, and it can be treated as such. This is a relatively simple time management tip, but I find even this does wonders. Alright, so as I mentioned before, I have to keep track of media platforms like YouTube, forums like the AI Alignment Forum, company tech blogs, press releases, and paper repositories like Open Review and Archive. To bring some of these sources together, I use a news aggregator, which allows you to make various different folders, each of which is populated with content from a user-defined list of sources, which can include YouTube channels, filtered subreddits, podcasts, newsletters, really anything that you can get an RSS feed for. Personally, I have two folders, one called AI, which includes many sources, and another called Distilled AI, in which I only put the five or so sources that I think produce the best summaries of research. For those interested, I use the free version of Feedly, but there are many news aggregators that will work extremely well for this task. Although a news aggregator is great for the things that I mentioned, most do not easily handle research published on Archive, and although Archive is incredible for what it does, it is not the most easily navigable or intuitive site. To address this, I have recently been using Archive Sanity Lite, which is a project created by Andre Carpathy in his spare time. There isn't much documentation, so it takes a little bit of getting used to, but once I started tagging papers, things started to click for me. I think that this is a great tool for making sure that smaller papers that wouldn't necessarily get promoted in your traditional circles can still get read. Archive Sanity Lite runs on a classifier, which is important to know because it means that you will have to tag some set of posts before it can suggest new ones that are similar to them. So, if you want to get your Archive Sanity Lite up and running as fast as possible, I would suggest finding 10 to 15 papers that you have found the most interesting for your area of research within the past two years. Search for those papers on Archive Sanity Lite and tag them with an appropriate tag. Once you do this, Archive Sanity Lite can begin to suggest more relevant papers to the ones that you've tagged. There are also some ways to set up email subscriptions on Archive, but I haven't looked into this personally. Alright, so now let's say I have found a paper that I find particularly interesting, I don't have time to read it right now, but I want to read it later, or maybe I have an idea that I haven't gotten to explore fully, and I want to be able to pull this paper back up in the future if it ends up being valuable for research. The solution is a research manager, which will store papers in a database-like structure and allow for easy citations, custom tagging, and more. Personally, I use Zotero, but there are many different tools which can be used for the same purpose. Okay, so for two of these three, I said that there were multiple different options. How did I pick one? In general, I feel like the wisdom of the masses is going to trump the wisdom of individuals when it comes to suggesting different tools to use. Because of this, I looked at different platforms where people can suggest and share different resources that they use and find helpful. Alternative2.net is one of my favorite websites of all time and does this excellently. On it, there's a massive list of software packages, platforms, and tools, along with crowdsourced alternatives to those items. 
Although I will highlight a few of the most exceptional sources that I have found, and I will also link many more in the show notes, I think it is more valuable to describe the kinds of sources that I use and how I have found them useful. First, and most importantly, are the distillation creators. These individuals or groups go through many papers that are published each week and choose the ones that they think are the most important to share with their audience. Although this shouldn't be used as a replacement for reading papers altogether, it does help to reduce the amount of noise and provides a solid overview of areas. You can then drill into specific papers that you find particularly relevant or interesting for your work. I exclusively use sources that have good citation practices so that I can follow up on any items that I am interested in or confused about. Right now, I would say my favorite creator in this category is AI Explained on YouTube, but there are many others which I will link in the show notes as well. Next, we have the forums. Although they do have a high volume of posts, I have found it useful to include the AI Alignment Forum in my news aggregator, and I check less wrong occasionally for new and trending posts. One thing that may not be obvious at first is the value of personal blogs. In the tech space, at least, many of the most well-known and skilled researchers host their own blogs. If you notice that there is a researcher who keeps popping up and you like the kind of content that they are associated with, see if they have one. Incorporating the opinion of someone you respect into your own world model can be very useful, especially when thinking about potential projects and research directions. Lastly, there are the tech blogs of organizations and companies that can provide a window into how frontier researchers are interpreting developments and pursuing future ones. These are valuable, but in general, I don't follow these as closely. One exception to this rule is EPIC, an organization focused on understanding trends in machine learning in order to forecast future milestones. Oh, um, there is actually one more thing. Unfortunately, many of the people in tech use Twitter. So, even though I hate the platform and social media in general, I do now have a Twitter. That is, my own personal Twitter. Not one for the podcast. I don't want to do that to myself yet. Twitter can serve as another way to get some of the content that I've mentioned previously. I guess I'll see how that goes. I'm not optimistic about it, but it's just that I guess enough people and companies and organizations are posting exclusively to Twitter that it was worth getting. Well, that's it for today's episode on keeping yourself up to date in AI. I hope that I provided an item that you can actually use to improve your workflow and efficiency. Quick update on me. I did apply to Mats and Astra and Arena, and I did not get into any of them, but that's okay. It seems that now these incubator programs are getting even more focus than they had been before, and getting in is incredibly competitive. So what am I going to do? I've been thinking about pursuing a PhD for a little while now. But originally, I had been dissuaded from doing this because the idea was maybe timelines are too short and the work that you can contribute to now is going to be more valuable than it would be in the future. Along the same lines, AI is just getting big now. So if you can get in on the ground floor, it will probably allow you to upscale in a similar way to a PhD, but it will be more focused on the area that you're most interested in, and you won't have to deal with grant making or risk being paired with a professor who is not as interested in the same areas that you are or any of the other gripes with PhDs in general. Although I understand this perspective, after thinking about it more, I don't see why so many people are discouraging getting PhDs, 
especially when it seems that everyone in alignment wants people with PhDs. They just don't want to have to wait for them to get PhDs, which just doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to start looking into the application process for PhD programs. In the meantime, I am still going to be working on the project with Daryl. I'm going to be contributing to at least one of the AI safety camp projects. I have recently had an idea for a third project that I'm wanting to pursue in more detail. And of course, I have this podcast, which is actually taking up an incredibly large amount of my time. I, I don't think I fully realized how much work this would be. But that's okay. Coming up next week, we have the first episode of the Evals Hackathon subseries, which will be the brainstorming session that my team had for the hackathon that we won in November of 2023. Make sure to subscribe to the show so that you don't miss any future episodes, including that one. See you next week.